What Penn State's doing when it comes to recruiting for the class of 2025, 26, and beyond is unprecedented. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, your number one daily Nittany Lions podcast. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, and I'm joined by a special guest for this part two edition. Again, there was the Elite 11 in State College, the regional camp, and then there was the Rivals camp over in New Jersey and someone who's fully entrenched when it comes to New Jersey because he does Penn State, he does Rutgers, he does UConn as well. That is Richie Schneider-Wright, uh, publisher at Rivals. Richie, thanks again for doing this this two-part episode series to talk about these high school recruiting camps. Yeah, no problem. I'm kind of here just to hear your ad reads again because you kind of got me a little hungry with one of them. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, with the last one. So go if you haven't already, go check out part one. That was the deep dive into everything Elite 11 the way that, you know, in the perspective of Penn State talking about the mm-hmm. the – Two quarterbacks going in the class of 2024, the impression that Ethan Grunkmeyer's made, and then any potential targets in 2025. And there was so much more that we definitely could have talked about and probably get back together again uh, on that as well. Uh, Richie, but now it's the the New Jersey camp that is taking headlines as well because there were more skilled guys. The Elite 11, of course, mm-hmm. is focused around quarterbacks. There were the all-22 prospects there as well. But they were there mm-hmm. for the first part. Then they left and the Elite 11 took over. But in New Jersey, all those skilled guys were out there participating in a variety of different drills uh, and reporters were allowed to be there. So ultimately, from the Penn State side of things, your takeaways – from that camp out in New Jersey this past Sunday, May 21st. Yeah, so I, I'll dive into this a little bit later, but Penn State's doing a great job with a lot of younger guys. Yeah. But there were so many of them, whether they were rocking Penn State gear, um, I've saw Penn State backpacks, Penn State gloves, Penn State sleeves, et cetera. Any type of Penn State apparel or gear you could wear, there was there's a ton of it at that camp on, uh, on Sunday. But um, going to some of the older guys, the one that really impressed me was Kaj Sanders out of Bergen Catholic. Now, I know some of you are probably looking at me and saying like Bergen Catholic. All right, no, that's probably not going to Penn state because there's, there's kind of been a little stigma and over the past couple of recruiting classes that like, they'll never send a kid to, to uh, Penn state from Bergen Catholic, but it's, it's starting to switch up a little bit. And Kosh Sanders could be that, that difference maker there. Um, he looks more than uh, the part for He could probably, he looks like he could probably go on the field right now for Penn state. He was that big. He was every bit of six, one, one ninety, one eighty ish around there and he, he's not a skinny 180 he's he's a ripped 180 um he's gonna come come to campus in june for an official visit but before that he's gonna take some others to wisconsin south carolina north carolina and miami so obviously he likes the carolinas i don't see wisconsin as a factor and then miami as well but point dexter's done a great job recruiting him um and that relationship there is really tight really tight bond going on between those two and then uh as well as Quill Ahmad, who's uh, one of the newer guys on the Penn State staff, but he's got Jersey connections all throughout the state. And that's a big reason why the 2025 class features multiple New Jersey guys. Um, But yeah, Kosh Sanders is one. And then another 2024 guy I want to touch on is Christopher Jones. His, uh, I don't know if it's cousin or uncle. I think it's his uncle, I believe. But Kenny Sanders, who a lot of people at Penn State are familiar with, is his uncle. Um, Now he's down in the top three. He told me it's Georgia um florida and penn state he's scheduled visits for florida and georgia right now for beginning of june he doesn't have a penn state visit scheduled just yet but it does sound like they're kind of in the works of one 
I think that's more of the case where Penn State wants to figure out if they, if they want a third inside linebacker or not. You have Kari Jackson already committed, um, who's pretty much locked in at inside linebacker, and then they also have uh, it's slipping my mind right now. They also have Anthony Specka, who's also committed yep. in the 2024 class. Um, so, do you need a third inside linebacker? Eh, maybe. And plus the connections there, he's a really good prospect. He's very talented. He's very quick. Um, that's just more of uh, them trying to figure out what they want there in terms of how they want to fill out the rest of their class because they already have 14 kids on uh, locked in at the moment. So you got to start kind of questioning if I want this guy, do I want that guy? Like spots aren't unlimited, but they kind of are too at the same time. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. They usually try to approach 20 plus. Uh, it seems like that num- that magic number for Penn State is about 23, 24 mm-hmm. commits uh, in, in a given class. So they do have the available scholarships. But at that point, right, is some some people are and Penn State's never I've seen other schools like horror stories of, well, another prospect became available. So they pulled one kid scholarship uh, as opposed to Penn state would never do that. But I think Mm -hmm. there's no shame in taking three linebackers because Penn state, I I know that at least in the case of of the two linebacker prospects that they have for 2025, Mm -hmm. uh, that they are traditional Mike linebackers and as opposed to being any of the Sam or the will, but normally in the past, it wasn't until Kobe King bucked the trend a little bit where Penn state got linebackers who could play anywhere. They could play the Mike, they could play the Mm -hmm. will, they could play the Sam. And now they've kind of, they've gone away from that a little bit. Maybe that's because that's Manny Diaz now in the fold, as opposed to a Mm -hmm. Brent pry, but they got linebackers who were versatile and could play any of the three. And now Manny Diaz particularly recruits, Mike linebackers, Wills, Sams, and fits yeah. them where where they're most familiar with. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of going to be the thing going forward. But again, how long is Manny Diaz going to be with the program? Yeah. If this keeps trending upward. So it's uh, something you got to watch. Now, right now, I, I like Christopher Jones a lot. I know he wants to schedule a Penn State visit. I think they're going to hold off for now. And I think that might be a name you're going to have to revisit down the line because I do think he ends up committing to one of those programs in summer as a lot of kids want to, they want to get it wrapped up and done with now by June, which I'm okay with. So I don't have to worry about it, but yeah, right. He's a, he's a kid. I'd probably monitor down the line. And then, uh, like I said before, the young kids, the young kids were super impressive to me. Um, Bryce Jenkins showed up and he's number 74 in the 2025 class, the defensive tackle. He's every bit of six, he's six, four of 300 per our uh, database, but I'd argue he's probably bigger than that. He, He is massive. Um, he walked in and I'm like, Oh, look at that. Oh, Hey, what, what, what's on his hand? Oh, more Penn state gloves. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. Um, we tweeted out those videos about everything. And he, they all say like the, we are and all that. They all, they all do it with the gloves, which is kind of cool and neat to see. But, uh, he genuinely likes Penn state. He's a big fan of the program. Um, a DC kid going back to, uh, part one where I talked about how the DMV area is just mm-hmm. rich of fully rich of talent. And Penn State's doing a great job down there. And it just goes to show you here with Jenkins. And then a guy on the opposite side of the ball that really impressed me was Javon McFadden. Um, he's a kid I saw at Baltimore camp, Baltimore Under Armour camp last year. And he was a little hefty, heftier lineman. Like he was every bit of, I want to say 6'5", 320, 330. Probably had to cut down some of that ugly weight. And he's done more than that. He's transformed his entire body. I saw him and I was like, who are you? And he was like, Javon McFadden. And I was like, what the heck? What happened to you? <laughs> like, you're like 280 now. What happened? Like, oh my God, like you reshaped completely. Like, and he's, he's another kid who had Penn state gear on. And, uh, he looked, he, he did talk, uh, talk a lot of trash, which I kind of like in the one-on-ones, but yeah. he, uh, 
that, that's my got to be my favorite part. But he uh, he he proved uh, proved everyone wrong. He kept going for the the best guys on the on the defensive line and kept lining up against them time after time and and won almost every single rep. He was uh, more than dominant. So I mean, a lot of a lot of interesting DMV guys there. And then one guy in particular. I want to really signal out um, Roman Catholic quarterback uh, Samaj Beals. He's a 2026, so younger guy. He, he chose to go to Rivals over the Elite Elite 11. I was told he, he got the invite there, but decided to go here instead. And then uh, I saw him a couple weeks ago at uh, one of the Baltimore 7-on-7s I was at. I think it's the overtime 7-on-7, actually. He impressed me. I thought it was pretty good. And then all of a sudden – this week going into camp, Penn State offers him. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, yeah. good thing I talked to him. Good thing I watched him. Good thing I knew what I was kind of knew what I was doing there for a second. <laughs> but uh he's he's a he's a great, great kid. He throws the ball really well. He's a little skinny. I think he's only like 160 right now, but yeah. 2026, mind you. So that's only I don't even know what that is. Is that a freshman right now? Be a rising sophomore. Yeah. So that's <laughs> goes to show you it's uh he's super young, but super talented. Um he flings the ball so easily. It just comes off his wrist and it's just a um, ball goes a mile. Um, very impressed by him. He's, he's very high on Penn state as are most of the Roman Catholic guys. I know they landed Jameel Lyons out of that uh, program last year. They're pushing for it to see Denmark still, even though he's committed elsewhere. So I, I think this is a program that Penn state has to continue to get in good with. And um, they're, they're doing a great job, especially with the 2026 class and Samaj Beals early on. And that's just a sample size, right? Talking about yeah. Beal and Jones and Sanders. Richie, let's continue to go through some of the more uh, some of the other offensive prospects that were at the Rivals camp in New Jersey that you and both Dylan were present at. Uh, before we mm-hmm. get into that second part there, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Make a fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. We're so close to the finals because right now new customers can get a no-sweat First bet up to $1,000. You heard me right. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you got some insurance. Great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you get paid instantly. That's my favorite feature. So when I do get my winnings, I get them instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch again Penn State Rivals making Locked On Nittany Lions your go-to podcast. So check out happyvalleyinsider.com for everything football, men's basketball related, and all 31 varsity sports for Penn State. Richie coming over from Penn State Rivals to chat with us about that camp that was held in New Jersey on Sunday, May 21st. And part two of the series, go check out part one if you want to hear more about the Elite 11 camp that was right in Penn State's backyard or ish. I guess I should say front yard with the way the campus faces or uh, state college area high school is if we're just going to get technical here, but right there in the area, a a five, 10 minute walk right to campus with all of those high profile prospects uh, in the area. But that's the same thing with the case for the rivals camp in New Jersey, Richie, who were some of the other Mm -hmm. offensive prospects that stood out to you? Because we've gone through a few defensive ones and then there's Beals at the quarterback position. Uh, Who else did you like from the offensive side of the football? Yeah, so starting, I want to start off with the running back MVP because it's such a weird situation here. So he won running back MVP. He's an athlete per our database, but he really plays cornerback more than anything. And it's uh, Karan Craig. He's a 2026 kid out of Connecticut. He's got a long way to go. He actually plays with Blake Hebert, who we mentioned in part one. Um, 
he's he's just a super talented kid. He's he's 5'11, 170. He's really good in open field. He can't be touched. Um in the one-on-one drills and uh against linebackers, he just he made guys look silly. He was making guys do full 180s at one point. And I'm like, how do you not give him the running back award? He's running with yeah. the running backs, I guess. So that I count. Um, he's already got six power five offers. Um, Penn state hasn't offered yet, but I was talking to one of the coaches that's very, that very close with Penn state and very close with him as well. And Karan Craig, and they just told me Terry Smith's very aware. He knows he's waiting for him to come to campus and then they're going to figure something out. But I wouldn't be shocked if Penn state just threw an offer at him sooner, sooner rather than later. Um, another guy that I thought Penn state should be after a little bit more is Yasin Willis. He's the number one kid in Jersey right now for 2024. He's a running back out of St. Joe's regional. Uh, he's massive. He's like, you, you say running back and you see him in person and it's like that the kids are running back. Like what? He's like, he's like every, I forget his exact height and weight, but uh, I'm going to try to pull it up real quick, but he's every bit of six, two, I believe six, six, two, two, ten, two, fifteen. Like right. he is a massive, massive running back to the point where, I don't know if he's going to stay there. And I think that's the reason Penn state's been kind of hesitant with him in his recruitment. Um, that's why a lot of schools are kind of like hesitant with them because they're not really sure what they want to do yet. Um, he's number one Oh three in the rankings. He's a high four star. Um, I know someone, someone on our message board have been raving about him and trying to say like, Hey, we, we need to get this kid. We need to get this kid. But I don't know if Penn state's really going to add another running back. They already have two. So I don't know if you really need a third. Um, as, as much as I, I liked him, I also like Corey Duff, who was a, our wide receiver tight end MVP. Mm-hmm. So we have one MVP for just receivers, like I, I guess like a collab type thing. He's technically listed as a tight end, but he's a wide receiver. I think he grows into that new age hybrid tight end. And uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State threw their hat into the ring here. So if you remember last year, you see Haynes won the Rivals Camp wide receiver slash tight end MVP. He did. Yeah. He was committed to Rutgers at the time. And all of a sudden Penn state threw out the offer a week later and they ended up flipping them. I want to say two or three weeks later, whatever it was, this kid's favoring <laughs> very similar favoring Rutgers again. And it's like, if he commits and it's like, Oh, Penn state throws an offer out and all of a sudden quick flip. Now you just got to hope Georgia stays away from that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But Corey Duff is super talented. Uh, he's got great hands, uh, great build at like 6'5", almost 6'6", at this point. Um, tall, lengthy. He's going to have to pack on pounds. And we know Penn State wants a second tight end in this class. I just don't know if they'd want more of a blocker, whereas Reynolds we know is a really good receiving tight end. So yeah. um, maybe they'll go for go for that instead. But if they want another receiving type tight end, then your guy's right around the corner right here in Corey Duff. Um, I think he's phenomenal. He's dominated everywhere he's went this spring. Um, he dominated OT7 in Miami where he got flown down for seven-on-seven tournaments. He dominated. He won Under Armour Camp in New Jersey MVP. He now won Rivals Camp wide receiver MVP. He's a kid that I think, Penn State would be a little crazy not to go after unless they, like I said, they want that blocking tight end instead. But I think a combination of him and Luke Reynolds in that tight end room with what they have currently and some of the the three that they had at last year, that you're talking tight end you that yeah. that would literally solidify it. <laughs> like uh so yeah, that that would probably be the extent of the um offensive guys. There's one other name I keep forgetting, and I, I don't know how I keep forgetting this. Uh Messiah Mickens. He's Trinity, Trinity High School in uh, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. He's probably going to be Pennsylvania's top recruit, I would say, in the 2026 class. We don't, we yeah. don't rank that far yet because 
it's hard to rank a freshman. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause but, a lot uh, of them don't play. So select, yeah. select ones do, but not a lot of them play at this point. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal though. He's going to be crazy. Good. Like people are like, he's a freshman. I was like, I had to reiterate it like four or five times. Like, yes, sir. He's a freshman. Like he's that good. And like, uh, he was on campus back in March, uh, in state college and loved it a lot. Was also there for the whiteout game. He's, I don't want to say he's leaning Penn State because it's so early in his recruitment, but he's already got like 15 power five offers. He's got Bama, he's got Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, uh, I don't know, Michigan State, Texas AM. He's got them all at this point. Um, so it's a long way to go there, but Penn State is in a really good spot early on there. Um, I talked to him for, I don't even know. I went up to him thinking like, oh, it's a young kid. So most of those young kids, they kind of give you a couple of little quotes here and there. And he just kept yeah. talking and talking and talking about Penn State. And I was like, all right, whoa, hey, hold on, hold on. Let me do this again. I'm going to have to turn it into like four different interviews. <laughs> it's 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 that long. It's insane. Um, a lot of raving about Dion Barnes, too, from uh, I didn't get to this before. Some of the defensive linemen uh, were just raving about how cool he is, how nice a guy he yeah. is, how, how he's just down the earth and he doesn't talk about recruiting with these guys. And I've noticed that more and more is that's kind of what is connecting with these kids better is just ignore the recruiting aspect completely. That's just talk as, as like, as if we're best friends and just not like, about hey, It's not business all the time with yeah, them. Do a little bit more family stuff. And that's, that's a, it's been a big thing in uh, recruiting, especially with some of the younger kids, like I said. So it's a overall a great day. A lot of Penn state um, apparel, like I mentioned, and the, Penn State is doing great with some of these younger kids. Yeah, they they get in at the ground level. They they really yeah. do, and that's why in, in part one we kind of we kind of talked about it a little bit, Richie. How Penn State uh, does go and they talk to these recruits right away, and then Georgia, Alabama, they kind of come in whenever they want, mm-hmm. whenever they feel like it. Their class, Penn State's always number one or in top five, right? When do, when yeah. they start for the next class, whether it's twenty twenty five, presently, eventually twenty twenty six, Penn State mm-hmm. will be in. I know will be in the top five to start. And then Alabama, Georgia, when Penn State has 10 commits, those schools have about three to four. And then the rankings, when they're finally solidified, it, it does it does change a little bit, even though Penn State's been consistently top 15, top 10, yeah. which is good for the Nittany Lions. So, uh, again, happyvalleyinsider.com, the place to go for Penn State rivals, all the latest for football, men's basketball, and so much more. And Locked on Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. I'm Zach Seiko, joined by Richie Schneiderwright of Rivals Publisher for Penn State, Rutgers, and UConn. In, in this final segment, it's just, Richie, let's get a better understanding of where Penn State can go now for this class of 2024 with all the prospects we saw at the Elite 11, uh, what you saw at, in New Jersey with Dylan. It, is there a direction that Penn State's going to go is getting that second quarterback the priority? Uh, they have two running backs, so you said that Penn State is probably not going to want to take a third. Uh, mm-hmm. Wide receiver, when when are we going to hear about wide receivers? I know they're getting some official visits for some high-profile guys. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the priority at this point for the Nittany Lions? I'd, I'd argue wide receivers more than anything. Uh, me and me and Dylan were actually joking. We're like, I was like, well, like, is Barnes going to earn his uh, earn his contract this year? Because they, they they haven't done a whole lot defensive lineman wise. And I was like, you know what? I guess they're going to probably they have a good shot at a uh, at several guys, whether it be Malachi Williams, uh, Nigel Smith actually is like a sleeper. I would keep an eye on out of Texas. He's got a uh, he's got some family in Jersey, so that's that's playing a factor in his recruitment. Uh, Xavier Gillum, but I think wide receiver you. You got to start doing something if you're Coach Hagens. I, I know yeah. um, 
you came in as a just highly regarded recruiter, but we haven't really seen it. And then all of a sudden you're from Virginia. You were supposed to at least put up a pretty good fight for Keelan Adams. And all of a sudden you're out of his top four or top five, whatever you released. Yeah. Um, but they do have some big names coming to campus uh, in June. And I think the one that they have probably the best shot with would be Nick Marsh. He's the former uh, yeah. Michigan State commit. So he um, he committed to Michigan State. They, I, I know talking to some of the Spartans writers and beat writers, they're confident they, they're going to flip back. And I, I just don't see it. Like how many times minus Mega Barnwell? Just got to preface by saying that was that. Di- that was different because <laughs> there was the change in position coach, right? Yes, exactly. So m- how many times do you really see a kid go back to a place he was already committed to? It's very, very rare. And I think Penn State is doing great in Michigan. It's, it's crazy to say. I know they have Kari Jackson already committed. And they're actually in the Midwest in general, because look at Wisconsin. They've been doing really good out there. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a good shot. I keep an eye on him. There's a chance he could be that first wide receiver commit for the uh, Nittany Lions in this class. Yep. And then they're also hosting th- um, throughout June. They're going to host a Georgia commit in the Terry on Tuggle, if I pronounced that correctly. That one's a tough one. Um, chance Robinson, who's a Miami commit, commit um, out of St. Thomas Aquinas. And that's always tough to like pull kids out of there. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he ended up making that visit. And he's already committed to a school that's basically down the street from St. Thomas. So that's a tough one to keep an eye on. But uh, then there's Jer- Jeremiah Smith, who everyone's very high on. Um, yeah. Number two in the country overall. Number one wide receiver. Yeah. Number one in the state of Florida, obviously. Committed to Ohio State, but he's taking yep. visits, which is always kind of a little interesting. Um, I'd, I'd keep an eye on it there. I don't know if they'll end up landing him or not, but the fact that you can get him on campus for a weekend and show him what Penn State has to offer, you ne- you really never know. And then we can go from t- – if they land him or, or Tuggle from Georgia or uh, even Chance from Miami, all of a sudden we go from saying, hey, Hagens has to pick up the slack to, hey, Hagens might be one of the Way better of the game. on staff. Like, holy hell. Like, yep. So – it's definitely going to be an interesting couple of weeks, but uh, June June's going to set up for you. It's either going to be a fun June or July because some of these kids take those visits and then wait till July, which is supposed to be my vacation. So please don't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it could be setting up for a really fun summer for uh, recruiting. And that's for 2024. What about, do you anticipate a lot of commitments for the class of 2025 over the summer for Penn State? At least, let's say, June and maybe early July. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think this is kind of unheard of. We've never seen anything kind of like what Penn State's doing at the moment. It's kind of crazy, the fact that they already have three 2025 commits. It's yep. like, they're, they're almost like, not they're not filling up their class, obviously, but it's like, it's getting there. And I'm like, what, they've got three already. So, there's there's two names I'm keeping a close eye on and they have, like I mentioned before, they have two Jersey kids already in Amari Gaines and Jalen Matthews. I'm keeping a very, very close eye on DJ McClary. He's um, out of Schneider High School. It's a high school that really hasn't produced much over the past, I don't want to say 15, 20 years or so. Uh, but they have a new staff over there, and, and he's a total freak athlete. I believe he's a four-star currently. If not, he will be in our next update. Um, he's got every offer known to man and Penn state's done a great job building that relationship over there, not just him, but the coaches as well. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he committed pretty early, uh, this yep. summer. The other one I'm keeping an eye on is Keandre Barker's teammate, Quanell Farrakhan jr. Yeah. Uh, he came to campus with him a couple weeks ago when, um, I think it was weekend of a blue white game actually. And, uh, he raved about it and going into the visit, we actually pegged him as a guy that was going to, be a commit when it's all said and done and it was close from what i was told but they weren't quite sure yet just yet so he went 
went back home, discussed with family. Now he wants to take another visit to campus. If he gets to campus this summer, I think it's all but locked up, especially with Barker already locked in too, um, only helping, helping the uh, Nittany Lions there. Yeah, and I know that Barker just had an, an impressive performance recently yeah. too. Was that at a, was that at a rivals camp down in yeah. Texas? Yeah, he won MV, uh, running back MVP for a rivals camp in Texas. And I, I talked to our Texas analyst, who's actually just got hired by the Dallas Cowboys, so it goes to show you how good of a scout he is. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he wouldn't stop raving about him. That, he's just enamored by the kid. He's going to be so so good and. We're talking tight end you before. We might be talking running back you at this point. I, I've said that, right? And Barker was somebody that, I mean, you start with, go back to Saquon Barkley, and mm-hmm. then there was Miles Sanders, and then mm-hmm. Noah Kane before the injury, Journey Brown before the yeah. before the heart condition, right? Uh, and then now you have Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, and I know James Franklin's the head coach, but uh, of course, the <laughs> with what they're doing at running back is just so incredible and Barker immediately these weren't lazy comparisons they he drew comparisons to Saquon Barkley immediately across the board so that's pretty telling about it so when you say he's good he is really good and he's going to be uh, a nice component to Penn State's along with again now they in 2024 they have Quentin Martin Uh, and Quentin Martin can do just about anything I wish personally I want to see him play safety I, I, I like him as a defensive player, but <laughs> if they say, hey, well, let's bring him in as a running back. If Jaywan Sider co-signs on that, then I'm all for it too. You know, they know better than I do. <laughs> yeah, it's so tough. I, I, I see the athleticism. I know what you mean. Like I, I've seen it so many times where these kids are just like, I want to play offense. And I'm like, you could be an NFL safety like tomorrow. No, don't easily. be dumb. Like he's he's one of those cases where I don't think it matters where you put him, Either. whether it be yeah. wide receiver, running back, safety, like He's going to be a stud no matter where he goes. So a Deion Sanders type, literally, where you you know yeah. wide receiver, defensive back, running back, cornerback, mm-hmm. safety. I I don't know. That's just me. I think just because Penn State has so much talent at the running mm-hmm. back position, that's why I'm saying you could flip Martin over and bolster a position that's just not at a, I, I'm not trying to disrespect the secondary, yeah. but I would say at least in the case right now, Penn state is presently and projects better at the future in the future at running back than they do mm-hmm. in the defensive backfield. That's just my opinion. Yeah. We didn't even talk about Corey Smith. Who's also committed. And yeah. I, I think she's also super underrated. Like he's one twenty seven in the country and I'm saying super underrated as if like he's some no like three star, like yep. he's not like <laughs> he's, He's a full-blown stud, and I think if he played anywhere that wasn't the state of Wisconsin, he'd probably be a higher, a lot higher ranked, in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll wait and see how that ranking ends up. But uh, he is the top recruit in Wisconsin for the moment, so it yep. is a uh, it, it's crazy the talent they are bringing in in that that running back room. And Cider, another guy. I don't know how much longer. Knock on wood, he's going to be here. I know, I know, I know. There's so many that don't it's like it. future head coach, future head coach, future head coach, future head coach. Like, oh, geez, like it's insane. Yeah, I this maybe we have this debate down the road because I mm-hmm. it, it's more so about Mike Yursich. I think Mike Yursich might be a domino in the future that takes a head coaching job and then Jay Wan Sider moves into mm-hmm. a full offensive coordinator position mm-hmm. or more a Danny O'Brien who that's a different that's a different episode. <laughs> so, but I'll, I'll leave that as a teaser for one yeah. down the road with uh, and I'd like to have that conversation with you, Richie. I always enjoy our conversations, especially when it comes to recruiting. Uh, Richie, again, before I let you go, where can people keep up with your work as we conclude this part two of the recruiting camps that have gone on here between mm-hmm. rivals uh, and, of course, Elite Eleven? Yeah, I hope I didn't uh, rant on too much about recruiting. It's uh, 
now. It's my my bread and it's butter. Re- it's I, it's I recruiting it. season, though, right? Yeah, this is this true. is the news, and this is how Penn State builds the teams that they take on for the fall. Yeah. So it's uh, if you guys want more info on that, obviously, like like uh, Zach just said, HappyValleyInsider.com, your go-to source for everything Penn State, um, other than this podcast, of course. Yeah. But um, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Rivals Richie, I have all kinds of scoops, uh, tweet out video clips, uh, highlights of the camp, um, interviews, etc. Everything that you could think about recruiting is on that profile right there. Um, so give me a follow today, and well, you'll see some more Penn State stuff soon. Richie, I'm glad we could do this. Can't wait for the next time we get to talk recruiting, college football, and so much more. Thanks yeah. for the time. No problem. Thanks for having me, Zach. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we do this again soon.